Hi, I'm your host, Bella Page, and welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, all about life after experiencing a concussion. Help us make the invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. to today's episode of the post-concussion podcast with myself bell page and today's guest connor crisp connor is a third round draft of the montreal canadians in 2013 he played 17 games for the american hockey league's ice caps over two seasons which saw him plagued by concussions that sidelined him for long stretches at the age of 24 connor made the life-changing decision to retire from hockey to focus on his own health Connor has had to deal with side effects of suffering from so many major concussions, as well as the underlying emotions of returning to his hometown of Alliston, Ontario, and transitioning back into the community and finding life after hockey as a coach and real estate agent. Welcome to the show, Connor. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your concussion injuries? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. So, played hockey all my life. I think as we mentioned, we kind of chatted a little bit before I've had Numerous concussions, majority of which you consider minor. So concussions I maybe missed five or seven days with, went through the process, felt okay, never had any overlying long-term effects from it. But I would say that uh, my biggest concussion was in my second last year playing hockey. So probably 22 years old, I think I was, we'll say five years ago, four years ago, I was knocked out in a hockey game. I missed a whole entire season and just never really fully recovered from that injury which I'm sure we'll get into a lot of reasons for why I think that is. But ever since then, I've kind of been battling post-concussion syndrome, trying to treat it the best I can with, you know, multiple different symptoms, which, you know, I'm sure with a lot of people who have went through concussions, it's tough to pinpoint what works for you. For sure. So what have you tried? Has anything, you said it's hard to pinpoint, but what have you tried to help some of those symptoms? I know you said you had a lot of headaches. Yeah. So headaches are probably the number one symptom. Again, kind of Depends on the seasons, right? So like my summertime, my spring, when the sun's out, the weather's good, I, f- I feel relatively good. It's kind of when the, the days get darker and it's a little bit gloomier outside where I start feeling the symptoms kind of spike a little bit. But in the sense of like what I've tried, it's, it's probably easier to say what I haven't tried just because I've tried hundreds <laughs> of different things. Um, you know, everything from modern medicine to holistic approaches to some witchcraft stuff that I don't even need to get into because... Yeah, for sure. But you know what? I was. It, it got to a point in my life where I was kind of. It was going through such a bad time that anything I could come across or any suggestions that people had that maybe worked for them or they heard that it worked for somebody was something I was more than willing to try. So I've come across some pretty unique stuff. But to be honest, there hasn't really been something that's honed in on exactly what's going on for me. Which doctors used to call them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I get 
the intense amount of things that you can try, especially, yeah. I think being an athlete, you're competitive. So you, yeah, that kind of sure. goes into your whole healthcare routine as well, because you want to get better and you have a lot of reasons to want to get better. And the witch doctor thing I get, I saw quite a few of them because you are just willing to try anything. And that's what my mom and I used to call them. We're like witch doctors because they're not really doctors. You don't really know what they do, but apparently they can help. So you try it anyways. Yeah. And you, you know, you just like with things like that and, and a lot of treatments, you've got to have an open mind. Yeah. Right. Because if you go in, you know, and your mind's closed and you're not open to new things and it's, it's probably not going to work, especially when it comes into that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, to be honest, along the way, I've had some great experiences. I've met some really great people and I don't regret anything I've tried. That's for sure. Well, that's really good. So I get you said you healed really quickly from the first few. So was it a shock when this one you didn't heal as well as you expected? Or was this concussion seemed a lot more severe? So you expected it to kind of not heal in a week? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if, if shock would be the word. I would almost say... Mm -hmm. frustration right because i've had you know i had had so many in the in the past that were resolved so simply and this one almost it just started getting into my head so like i tell a lot of people i almost feel like i got to a point where i woke up with a headache every single day that the days that i felt okay was were the weird days right where i'd wake up and kind of say okay where's my headache why do i not have a headache what's going on and i would almost repeat that in my head so many times that i would manifest the symptoms back okay yeah so you kind of get in this like downward spiral of forgetting what normal feels like and yeah so for me it was more frustrating than anything again because i've tried so many different things and stuff that had worked in the past wasn't working anymore and concussions are tough right you you don't walk in with a, a cast on your arm no nope. right so it's it's kind of it's not six to eight weeks. It's not four to six months. It's it's whenever your body's ready to heal. And it's extremely frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I know my concussions, I had a bunch of head injuries, kind of like you before, where they healed. I didn't really think much about them. One of them, I think it lasted a few months. I had headaches over the summer. And then the headaches started and didn't stop. And Right. What happened was I just didn't tell anyone <laughs> about those headaches because I was a competitive athlete. I wasn't living at home and I hadn't lived at home for, I think, two years at that point on and off. And those headaches didn't go away. And actually, now that the headaches have gone away, the first year that they disappeared, like you mentioned, like not having them, I didn't know how to react. Right. I was like, wow, I don't have a headache today. Okay, but well, I have a headache tomorrow and then you kind of stress about yeah. it and then you end up with a headache. And like you said, it's kind of a vicious cycle yeah. of how that works. And something I really wanted to get into because it's something that happened to both of us at different times was having your health take something away from you. So for me, it was show jumping. When I was 14, I was told that the Olympics are your career. You're not going to be doing anything else with your life. And for you, it was hockey. So how was that? Do you want to explain kind of the process of going through that and what it was like? Yeah, I think every athlete would like to leave their sport on their own terms. And I think in a way, I, mm -hmm. I sort of did. I never really got a affirmative answer like, you can never play again. You know, it was always up to me. It was how I felt, again, because you can't see a concussion on a scan, right? So doctors were more so taking my word for how I was feeling and interacting with people and such. So, for me, 
after missing an entire season, I tried to come back for a year and I just, I suffered through that year. I wasn't sociable. I wasn't hanging out with teammates. I was in a bad place. And I just got to a point where it was like, this isn't a way to live. So for me, as tough as it was to finally say I'm done, the months leading up, I knew it was coming. So I was kind of, you know, soaking it all in, realizing this may be my last season. And yeah, it's certainly the toughest decision I've ever made in my life, especially up to this point. So it is what it is. And I'm, I'm in a good place now. I think I made the right decision, whether I made it too too late or too soon. I'll never know. But I think that, like I said, where I am now, I'm in a great place and surrounded by great people. So that's all that matters today. Yeah, for sure. And I get that. My doctor's well, some of them said no. Some of them were like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> the other ones were like, oh, you can still ride. So I would. And I kind of did the same thing. I went back and I had not competed like heavily for a few years or I guess two years. And I went back in and I lasted about a month. And over that month, I was just getting worse and worse. And all my symptoms were coming back that had started to go away. And I remember talking to my friends because I wasn't living at home and I would send them messages and say, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'd be like, I moved away from home to do this again. I was like, my whole career was like, okay, we're starting this again. And the headaches were back and I was over a bucket and I felt like I was going to puke after riding multiple horses a day. And at the end of that month, I had a big talk with my coaches and I was like, you know what? I have to stop. Like no matter how much I don't want to, I was like, I have to put my health first because I want a future and this is not a way to live. I can't be living in pain every single day and my mental health is going way down after I've been working on it and all those types of things. So it's just, okay, what do I want from the rest of my life other than this? And can I think of those things right now? Because when I was a teenager, I couldn't. I honestly, there was nothing else. So to tell me that, oh, you're going to have a life after this. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> there was, there yeah, is no, sure. this is my life. What do you mean after this? And it kind of was a big adjustment. But do you have any tips for making that big choice and then how to be honest with, like you said, your teammates and your coaches and things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest decision, the, the biggest process of it all is making the decision to just, you know, cut it off and say, okay, this is my decision. There's nobody who's going to persuade me. This is what I've decided. But, um, you know, the hardest part for me was telling my family, obviously I've had tons of teammates over time and everybody understands. And I think a lot of teammates that are close enough to you can understand and and recognize that something's not right. You know, like you've gone from, from being a very social guy and active and fun and on the ice to kind of to yourself and quiet and, you know, obviously different people go through concussions in different ways, but for me, that's, that was the case. So yeah, for me, telling my parents was the toughest part and everything leading up to it, but it's, you know, it's like an everyday stress, right? When you get over something, it's, you kind of laugh at it and say, well, what was I so worried about this for so long for? Because everything worked out just fine. And that was kind of the case for me too, right? Like when I told everybody it was my last season, I wasn't going to play again, like the amount of support and love and all the stuff that I needed at that time that came in made it made a huge difference. And I think that people, even players and friends, old friends that came out from not speaking to them in years that reached out and said, you know, we're happy for you. You had a great career, et cetera. Um, I think it's just important for people to realize that life after sport is really good. You know, there is, mm. there's a lot out there to be offered to you and to make another career and to be successful. It's, 
kind of like what you touched on. It's it's no way to live living in fear, and uh, and that's mm-hmm. how I lived for a long time. So yeah, just just kind of realizing that everything will be okay, and just to trust yourself and commit to a decision is the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like you said, no one can make it for you, and you have to decide because. Once you decide it gets a lot easier, you're not being forced to quit. You know, people are worried. Like I remember talking to my mom and her face would be like so concerned when I would be like, oh, I'm going to go do this again. And she's like, really? Okay. Like I'm being supportive, but like I could see it in her eyes. She's like super stressed out. She's like, if this doesn't go well, I think she was more concerned. Like, can you handle this mentally? Like physically, we're not sure how this is going to go, but mentally, can you handle getting back into the sport and then stepping back again because last time I stepped back it was like a really big adjustment for me and so once I made that decision like once you made that decision it's kind of like okay this is what I'm doing and then everyone like my whole family was super supportive through it all and that makes a yeah. really big difference for all of this yeah yeah and like I said I think it, it when I told my parents I knew they were going to be supportive but a, a side of me was was thinking you know and I always use this line that, you know, it's, it's much my career as it is theirs, the amount of time and effort and money your, your family puts into and dedication. So for me to to retire from hockey was was more of my family retiring from hockey and them never being able to travel and watch me on TV, et cetera, et cetera. So that was the hardest part mm-hmm. was that I was feeling like I wasn't only ending my career, but, you know, partially theirs too. Yeah, and like I said, it's, sure. when I did it, the relief and the weight that came off my shoulders and how okay they were with it. And surprisingly, you know, how they expected it, right? Like your, your parents know you better than anybody else. And they had kind of seen it coming. So um, yeah, like I mentioned, it's just realizing you have the support there and everybody, you know, everybody's going to back you in a decision like that. So. For sure. Yeah. My family definitely knew before I did. (laughs) They really knew a few years before I did, which is fine. But yeah, when I told them, I was like, yeah, right. no, I need to do something else. And they're like, okay, that's fine. And like you said, it's a lot. Like I put years, yeah. tons of money, tons of time and all of that into the sport. I didn't live at home <laughs> for a really long time because of it. And it takes a bit to adjust because you get in that world and then stepping out of that world, you're like, oh, it's like you're in this bubble. You're in the hockey bubble. I was in the horse show bubble. And you realize that there's a lot more than the bubble (laughs) and it takes time to step out of that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So with that, we're going to take a really quick break and then we'll be right back. I just wanted to say thank you. The podcast is just over six months old and I couldn't be happier with the response. If you truly love the podcast, Please consider leaving a tip in our support the podcast tip jar found at the bottom of our episode description. All tips are greatly appreciated and help cover costs of the show. Welcome back to the post-concussion podcast with myself, Bella Page, and today's guest, Connor Crisp. Something I really wanted to ask that I like to ask when people retire from sports is how do you feel about hockey today? You know, it's it's interesting because uh, hockey is a, a sport that has we can say evolved or or changed so dramatically since I've stopped playing. You know, when I played, I was a power forward and I loved the physical aspect. And now today's game has kind of shifted to more fast speed skill type of game. So for me, you know, I I don't have a favorite team. I don't necessarily say 
I'm not sure if I've sat down and watched a full NHL game since I've stopped playing, but for me to follow, it's about following friends and guys I've played with and people I want to see succeed. And, you know, I kind of live through them at this time, but yeah, as for the game, I think it's changed a lot. I don't think it's changed in a way that I necessarily support. I would like to see the same kind of game being played as it was in the eighties, but you know, that's something that's changed and I don't see it coming back. So hockey is a unique situation just in the sense, like I mentioned, it's evolved so much in the last, you know, the last year itself alone, it's continually changing. But yeah, for me, I like to support the guys and keep in touch with players who are still playing and succeeding and making a name for themselves. For sure. Do you have any tips for young athletes who are in hockey or any other sport that they might be like pursuing as a career type thing? Yeah. You know what? Just like commitment, right? I, I run a hockey program now and I always tell players, you know, if you have a 50 minute practice, just give me, give me 50 minutes. That's all I'm asking for out of your day. And I don't think that's a lot to ask. You know, it's uh, to make tons of money in a sport that you love to commit a few hours a day to it. You know, it, it's a lifestyle. And like you kind of talked about with the bubble situation, it's, so you, you certainly do live in a, a sort of bubble like that amongst people that you know, but it's a good life, right? And as soon as you step outside and you start going on the wrong track and find something that may suck you out of that bubble, it's danger territory, I guess you could say, right? Mm -hmm. So I think just being committed to your craft and, and loving it every day, you know, like there's some days for sure, I didn't want to go to the rink, I was tired, I was sore, I was injured, but you go in and you work out and you get your body moving and you get home and it's a feeling of you know, gratitude where you're like, I'm happy I went in today and I, I seen my teammates and I treated my body like a temple the way it should be treated. And I'm looking forward to doing it tomorrow. So just enjoy the process, commit to it and don't give yourself any bars. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's really important to love it because you have to love it. And I think that's something I mentioned to people a lot is when you love it, it's a little different. Like, Yes, you don't always want to do it every day, even though you love it. I remember there'd be like a Friday and all my friends would be going out and I'm like, okay, well, I have to go ride horses before yeah. I go out. So yeah. I'll see you all later, but I have to do this, even though I really don't feel like it today. But right. once you commit, you're committed and you have to stay that way. But it's also important to put your health first and remember that there is a life after sports. And it's something that we're really not teaching kids yet, but... I think it's something that will hopefully slowly start to get pushed that there's a lot more out there than just the sport that you're playing, especially when you do become a very competitive athlete. You don't realize that there's the bubble and then there's a bigger bubble around you, like your family and your friends and maybe yeah. a different career that you might take instead. And it's important to not forget that when you are being an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, there's like a lot of sacrifices you make along the way too. And like, you know, kind of like you said, you miss a Friday or Saturday night going out with your friends that you may be jealous of and, you know, you fear of missing out on something, but put yourself inside of their head. They may be feeling the same way about you, right? Like, oh man, he's so lucky to be going to the rink or she's so lucky to be going to ride a horse today or don't be so single-minded. Think outside the box and think about how mm -hmm. lucky you are to be spending your Saturday doing something you love, right? It's Sure, you may think it's a sacrifice, but in others' minds, you're you're the luckiest person alive. So, yeah, exactly. So, how are you now? You said you're doing great now. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about where you're at today? Yeah, again, things are good. I still suffer from probably you know daily headaches, and it's something that I've just learned to manage and I live with. And you know, I'm 
optimistic that one day things will be fine and I'll never have a headache again in my life. And that's my goal. But as for now, I just try to live a positive life, right? I try not to stress. I try to just take everything in stride and, and don't think things for granted, right? Because I think sometimes playing sports or whatever it may be, a job you love or traveling, you may take moments for granted that you may never have again, right? So for my last season, when I kind of knew it was leading up to the end of my career, it was emotional because everything I did in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to do it. So for me now, I just take everything I take everything in and I, I do it slow and I do it right. And I appreciate everything that every opportunity that I'm given now. Yeah, that's so great. And it's so important to kind of accept that this is my life and it's not a bad life. I always try to tell people that I had a headache every single day. I don't anymore. I did for about seven years and I don't have those headaches anymore. But, and even when I do have those headaches, it doesn't mean I'm not happy. doesn't mean I'm not enjoying life. You can enjoy life while suffering from an injury or symptoms. It's just a lot of it. It's perspective and working on your mental health and getting to that point. It's not instant. It didn't happen to me in a day, but with work and time and help from professionals, I was able to kind of become and lift that cloud off of all the mental health stress that I was dealing with and be happy, even though I still deal with symptoms some days. So is there anything else you would like to add before ending today's episode? No, I don't think that's great. I appreciate you coming on. I think we touched on a lot of good things. I think just the most important thing is for people to be self-conscious of your body, right? If something's not right, you know your body better than anybody else. So just take the initiative to see somebody and to work things out and just be confident and I think treating your body, you know, find find joy and find happiness out of treating your body well and feeling healthy because it's it's a good feeling and you just have to have a good read on things. But yeah, I think this is a great thing you're doing. And I wish that more people would kind of come out and speak about stuff like this and just make awareness because I know when I went through my problems, there wasn't a lot of people who would touch base on concussions and I didn't have a lot of resources and that was a struggling point for me. So the more people, the more interviews you can do and the more people that come out, it's helping a lot of people, whether they tell you or they don't, it is for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining and sharing your story today. Yeah, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Has your life been affected by concussions? Join our podcast by getting in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the Post-Concussion Podcast and be sure to help us educate the world about the reality of concussions by giving us a share. And to learn more, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.